now the conclusion of Immortal Ranger in New Tech City. Doggy Kruger nodded in appreciation as his rangers brought in the Vigilante Ranger. So this was the person that had managed to elude SPD for years, but also managed to get away with a number of killings, if Dr. Oliver's assessment of the man was correct. The B-Squad Rangers had found a well-worn sword that matched Dr. Oliver's description as Jason Lee Scott's carry-around sword, which was actually not illegal. A number of beings carried swords on their person, but an analysis of the blade had shown that the weapon had in fact been the likely murder weapon for at least a quarter of the deaths that had happened due to someone decapitating people. Dr. Oliver, he greeted as the old man stumped into the room, pausing to stare at the sword that was laying on the table, along with a duster and a few other odds and ends that the morphing ranger had been carrying at the time. Commander, the man greeted the leader. When will I be allowed to see Jason? Once we determine why he did what he did, Kruger said, you are unfortunately too close to partake in the questioning yourself. I examined the arrest records and I have come to a difficult conclusion, Commander. And what is that? I think Jason allowed himself to be caught. What? Explain, Kruger said, glaring at the historian. He allowed the rangers to win, Kruger. Do you really think the loss of his blade blaster would have really mattered all that much to him? He's the original Red Ranger, Kruger, and that means that he's more than capable of fighting Cadet Landors one-on-one. And why would he agree to be captured like this? Kruger asked, nodding toward an image of Jason being talked to through the bars of his cell by Sky, who looked angry. Jason lives by the code of once a ranger, always a ranger, Kruger. For a while, he tried to deny that part of himself to protect the people he cared about, but sometime along the road he finally got it through his head that he had to do the right thing. The thing is, though, I don't think that Jason would ever seriously hurt a ranger, and the way B-Squad came at him, cornering him in his dojo. We left him no choice but to fight, and in the process he attacked the ones who attacked him with more power than needed, but for Jack, he merely let the shootout decide. Exactly. Because as much as you may not like it, he is good, Dr. Oliver explained to the commander. I'll consider what you said, Dr. Oliver. Perhaps you can assist us in figuring out what's wrong with Mr. Scott's morpher, though. Why, what's wrong? Every time someone tries to activate it using the activation codes, nothing happens. Dr. Oliver chuckled in amusement at this. Only a chosen Eltar Ranger can use those styles of morphers, Commander. After Ranger Hilliard nearly destroyed us all by stealing Ranger Hart's morpher, we had to add in some safety so it wouldn't happen again with our morphers. Though I understand that has happened to a few other teams as well. I'm sorry, but there's no way you're going to be able to get that morpher to work for you. Only someone Jason has cleared can work with that morpher. Not unless you think Billy Cranston is going to do it for you. Pity, it would have been a great help in our battle against Grum. Yeah, well, I have to go and talk with Jason. I'll try and stay out of your people's way. Thank you. That would be much appreciated, besides all the problems I'm having with Jack lately are becoming a bit of a pain. Whatever you say, Commander. Tommy walked away and found Jason sitting in the lotus position in his cell. Tommy. Jason. You really screwed up the Red Ranger here, Dr. Oliver said with disapproval. The former Red Ranger looked up at this with a mixture of amusement and worry. 
Why? What has Jack done this time? He decided to take his off time out in the city and leave his communicator off, nearly resulting in the destruction of his team. Easy there, Tommy. These are different times and different types of rangers. Besides, you've never dealt with a ranger like Jack before. What do you mean? I mean, you've never dealt with a street ranger, because when you peel that red spandex off of him, you're going to find that underneath is a child of the streets. The closest you ever came to that was someone like Connor or Kira, and even they had better lives than Jack had. Jack's a good kid, though, and will manage to surprise you all. Oh, that's not the problem. He's done a good job the past year, Jace. But the past few days, he's falling behind of what people have expected of him, and I think that part of that is your fault. Why? Because I reminded him of what it is that he is? Like I said, Tommy, Jack's a child of the streets, but the SPD types here have been trying to remake him into something he's not. He's merely remembering where it is that he came from and what he is. Sometimes you can't go back, though. And sometimes you have to admit what you are, Jason shot back at his friend. The two side frustrated at the impasse that they were at with each other. Jason glanced toward the window and grinned sadly. Do you remember when our biggest problems were the monster of the day, Mrs. Appleby's tests, and who beat who on the sparring mat at Ernie's? Tommy nodded, a faint grin tugging at his mouth. I do, bro. God, I remember those days a lot, Jason. I think that we've just about come to the end of our story together, though, man. Over the years, we've run into each other a lot, but never settled anything. Don't you think it's about time to do that? I can't, Tommy, Jason said as he looked at his friend imploringly. I have to face the fact that this is a fight the Rangers can't help me with. For things to stay safe, my secrets have to remain what they are. Tommy sighed and nodded in sad understanding. You do realize that I had to call all of the others after you allowed yourself to be caught, right? Really? Jason said, worried, suddenly. Yeah, I made a number of calls and I managed to get a panel of former rangers to hear your case. Since we're classed as military rangers, it'll be a lot like a court-martial would be. Jace, if we do find you guilty, you'll be stripped of your powers and sentenced to imprisonment for a hundred or so years. Stripped of my powers? Jason said in surprise. A tribunal can do something like that? Yeah, the Eltar High Council agrees in this case, and we'll be standing by for our decision. Who's going to be on the board? Earth Rangers will decide, Tommy said, not meeting Jason's face. Who, Tommy? Jason ordered, his voice nearly echoed with him using the Red Ranger talking to the Green Ranger voice. Tommy winced and raised his head sadly. Morphing and Zeo have been asked to participate. It'll be nice to get together for one last time, Jason said, shaking his head in disbelief. I'm sorry that they're making you do this, bro. So am I. I guess I'll see you at the trial. Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to make a choice pretty soon, Jason said sadly as he leaned against the wall of his cell, lost in thought about what it was that he was going to do. A group of older men and women silently and hesitantly entered the Aquitar Consul building. They all nodded as a guard met them at the doors. They had each been called from their lives from various parts of the galaxy to perform this last duty. There's a reason we're all meeting here first? I want to get this over with, Sensei Adam Parks asked his former teammates. 
Sooner we got it behind us, the better, Senator Zach Taylor grumbled from where he was standing. I agree, Dr. Aisha Campbell, world-renowned veterinarian, said to her former teammates. Let's do it then, Billy Cranston said, leading the group to his workshops. He led the group to a communication board. They all turned their equipment on and took seats around a holographic array, which changed and an image of Jason and Tommy came to life in front of them. Hey guys, Jason said coolly, looking at the group that was to judge him for his actions. Kimberly Hart and Catherine Hilliard were co-owners of an all-purpose sports studio. Zachary Taylor was an ambassador of Earth. Dr. Thomas Oliver was a well-known historian and paleontologist. Rocky DeSantos was a successful insurance and amusement park owner. Billy Cranston was a part of the Aquatar Consul. And Tanya Sloan was the owner of several well-known radio stations. All right, let's get this started then, Adam said, taking charge on their side of the connection. Jason, you stand accused of violating all three of Zordon's rules. How do you plead? Not guilty. I have never killed anyone using my ranger powers, nor am I required to explain my other abilities since they are non-ranger related. Unfortunately, you don't have a choice in this one, Jace. We have to know if we're going to help you. I can't do that, Zack man. This is not just my secret, but a ton of other people's secret as well. And I can't just tell this secret without considering the fact that you might try and hunt them down. You know us better than that, Jason, Kimberly said, a bit hurt at this accusation. Besides, what could be so bad? She asked with an encouraging smile as she looked at the figure that had guarded her like an avenging knight in scarlet armor when she was younger. Yeah, Kim, I do. But you do have to explain how this is resolved to SPD and I can't betray those that I care about. Not even for you guys. Well, then we may have to take your powers and remove your access from the morphing grid, Zack said sadly. If that happens, then you'll be turned over to SPD and tried for any crimes you've committed. And I'll die when I'm asked to stay in prison, more than likely. I'm sure someone will think it a great idea to kill me while I'm inside one of those containment cards, Jason replied to his old teammates. Then you're going to have to tell us something, Cat said desperately. Can't. Can't or won't, Dr. Oliver asked him. You and your head-hunting kind destroy all of those that you touch. You yourself killed both Goldar and Elgar, and you've also killed two or three dozen humans for some reason. They were coming after me first, Tommy, Jason defended himself. And I'm supposed to believe that why? Because I've never knowingly lied to you, Jason shot at his former teammate. There have only been a couple of times that I've issued challenges to humans, and that was to save the lives of people not because I wanted to take their heads. I'm sorry, Jason, but that's simply not good enough anymore, Dr. Oliver said stonily. Tommy, why are you so against him? Kim asked her old teammate. Because I've seen what it is that he has done, Oliver told the former Pink Ranger. Can we go ahead and make our vote since Jason refuses to give us a reason for his actions? Before the vote could happen, the lights flickered and died at the SPD base before the hologram died. Tommy, Jason, where are you guys? Billy asked. He messed with a few wires with worry. All outside connections with SPD have been neutralized, he informed the others. Why? Unknown, Billy said with worry. 
We usually get some sort of warning before they switch to their Zord mode, but this is more like a security lockdown. It'll take a moment for me to determine what it is that's wrong while I endeavor to accomplish this task. You may look at the evidence files that Tommy had transmitted to me one at a time. Billy said, pointing to a bunch of computer disks that had all of the information on them. Hey, look at this, a ranger team battle, Rocky said as he pointed to a screen. The others turned to look as they watched the B and A squad rangers trying to beat each other senseless. Are the B squad crazy? Those A squad guys have some version of their swamp mode, and they're fighting in regular mode, Tanya said with disbelief. The former rangers winced as they saw the beating that the Earth's defenders were taking at the hands of its former protectors. And all we can do is watch, Aisha said grimly as she leaned against the table and watched the fight between the two teams. What's going on, Tommy? Jason asked worriedly as he watched the lights flicker on and off. The base is under attack, Dr. Oliver said as he walked away from the computer console. Broodwing has summoned all of his remaining robots and generals and is currently going to try and take over the SPD base while the rangers are off elsewhere. We can't let that happen, man. You know if this place is overrun that it could destroy most of the major cities. I know, I'll do what I can, Tommy said as he prepared to go after the army of robots that was about to attack them. Are you crazy, man? Ten years ago you might have been able to handle those guys with just breathing heavy, but now you'll be chewed up and spat out and be lucky if you survive. Face it, man, you need me, Jason said as he looked up at his former teammate and friend. Tommy paused. As much as he hated it, he had to admit that Jason was right here. He did need him, and he hadn't needed to morph in years. This wasn't like when he was taking out the last members of the Machine Empire. This was probably a lot more dangerous. Unfortunately, he didn't know if he had it in him to pull it off again. Jason, on the other hand, was still 18. He could pull off this mission without too much problem. Don't make me regret this, Tommy said as he picked up the evidence box he reached in and withdrew the Red Morphin Ranger Ranger Morpher and tossed it to its owner. Jason snatched the morpher out of the air, his cuffs falling uselessly to the ground. I've learned a few tricks over the years, Jason said, shrugging at the curious look he was being given. You ready? Yeah. Then do the honors, man. No, we'll do it together, Tommy said with a grim look on his face. Jason shrugged at this. Suit yourself, he said as he raised his morpher. Here, Zero Ranger 5 said to his predecessor, you might need this, he said as he tossed a golden coin with a green sparkle to it. Thanks, man, Red Morphin said as he looked at the coin. I won't have to use that imitation that I got from the overdrive anymore now. The two Red Rangers blew through the doors and headed for the main foyer where the robots were spilling in. Hey, you overgrown junk piles, you want to fight then let's go, Red Morphin said as he charged at the crybots. Red Zeo stayed behind and pulled out a Zeo blaster and began shooting into the group as his old friend began to fight to save a people that had just moments ago been willing to strip him of his powers and then place him in confinement. Yet now he stood shoulder to shoulder with the SPD cadets fighting for the survival of this place and its inhabitants. The two Red Rangers joined the Omega Ranger and fought off the Trubian robots that were threatening to overrun the place. Tommy, get to the command room. We'll try and hold them off here for as long as we can. 
Jason ordered as he held his blade blaster in one hand and his power sword in the other as he hacked away at the various robots that were surrounding them. No way, you need me here, Tommy said as he continued to pick off silver heads as they tried to swarm the SPD personnel. Tommy, if we fail, someone has to call in backup or make a last-minute stand. That's your job, man. We'll handle this as best we can, Jason said as he spun around, decapitating two more crybots and then slashed another across the chest with his blade blaster. Right, Tommy said reluctantly as he blasted another crybot down and slowly began making his way across from the fight. He made it to the hallway just in time to see the blast doors close. He eyed the doors for a minute before he turned back to what he had been doing. He would stand here as long as he could, he promised himself, knowing that the only way he was going to survive this particular fight was in a body bag. Jason and Omega cleared the area around them and prepared to go after another group of Trubian robots when lightning bolts struck them, knocking them back. The two weakly looked up as Broodwing and his generals followed after him as they headed for the command center. The two slowly got back up and destroyed a few other robots. Blasted, I have to go and help the other rangers, the Omega rangers said. They need me in my zord. Jason nodded in understanding. Go, man, I'll do what I can. Thanks, Omega said as he headed for a side exit. Omega! The ranger turned around to look at the Red Ranger. May the power protect you, Jason said before he waded back into the fight with a vengeance, knocking two of the crybots back with a pair of kicks. Omega nodded and turned away and headed for his friends. Tommy tightened his grip on his Zeo blaster as he waited for them to come. It had been a while since he had done this. He hoped he still had enough left for one final fight. He watched as the robots came. They were a mixture of silver and orange heads, and in the middle of the group stood Broodwing and his enforcers. You guys going somewhere? The Red Ranger asked as he pointed his weapon at the group. Another Red Ranger? How many of you does Kruger have anyways? The bat-like villain demanded as he glared at the figure that was standing defiantly between him and his prize. Might as well go back now, boys. I'd rather not have to hurt you. Ha, do you really think that you can hurt us? Broodwing asked the Red Ranger. You're outnumbered nearly a hundred to one just in this hallway. How do you think that you're going to stop us? Then let's do this, Tommy said as he began firing at the monsters and crybots that were threatening the earth with their ways. One of the monsters charged at the Lone Ranger and Tommy took a deep breath before he charged forward to meet it. Super Zeo Kick, he shouted as he leaped into the air and his foot connected with one of the enforcers, sending him flying back the way he had come. Crybots attack, Broodwing ordered, and the crybots all opened fire, slamming energy bolts into the Red Zeo Ranger, who was then slammed through the door. Tommy groaned as he felt himself forced demorph as he lay against the heavy metal door that was now lying on the floor. The rest of the fight was quick, and he along with Cat and Boomer were tossed into a cell, though Broodwing ignored the morpher and communicator for the time being. Adam and Rocky paced nervously as they watched the SPD Zords go down under the combined power of the A-Squad and Broodwing. Billy, isn't there anything that we can do? Catherine asked as they were watching. Yes, Billy said hesitantly. It's risky, but at the moment I don't really see a whole lot of other choices. 
What is it, man? Zack asked worriedly as they grimly watched the giant zord and the regular sized zord stomp away. Very well, this way, Billy said as he led them to another side of the room. He pushed a few buttons and lights came on, showing how much larger the room really was. How did you get these? Adam asked in shock as he looked at the machines before him that were standing ready for action. Jason recovered them for me, Billy said as he pressed a few buttons and the old Zords came back to life after their long hibernation. I don't think any of us is actually able to pilot one of these things on our own anymore. However, if we were to team up, I think we can manage. Unfortunately, it means that we'll have to leave Red behind. Let's do it then, Rocky said as he began walking toward his old Zord. Let's show these guys how we used to deal with bad guys. More phenomenal, the rangers said in agreement as they headed for the Zords. Zack attack and Adam the frog here ready to go, Zack said as he and Adam got into their seats. Good. Aquatar console launch us, Billy said into the radio. Yes, sir, one of the technicians said as he fired the Zords out of the launcher. The four Zords rushed to meet the enemy that stood against their planet. Broodwing looked in shock as a new group of swords seemed to appear over the business district. The A-Squad had just defeated the Power Ranger swords, and now some unknown swords were coming at them. Didn't these rangers ever learn when to quit? Don't you rangers ever learn? He asked them over the communications. Not really, Fishbowl Head. But hey, why don't we have a go at it anyways? A cheerful voice asked as the four small swords landed in front of him, blocking his access into the city. You're not stopping anyone, the A-Squad Red Ranger said as their zord came around from behind Broodwing. Sorry, kiddo, but you're not our target. Besides, it looks like you have bigger problems than us, another voice said as the SWAT Megazord came barreling down the street. Who are you guys, Jack Landers asked as their zord looked at the zords that were standing in the way of the command base and the A-Squad robot. This is the Super Zeo Zord Defense Force, Billy told the two groups. Deal with the A-Squad, and we'll keep the command base busy for as long as we can. Right, Jack said, as he and the others turned their attention to the A-Squad, who were readying themselves for another attack against them. All right, Rangers, let's go, Adam said as the green Super Zeo Zord led the attack. The four Zords attacked. The blue and green Zords jumped high in the air using the using their engines and landed on the shoulders of the Zord and began to hack at the limbs that they had landed on, while the yellow and pink Super Zeo Zords began attacking the legs. Broodwing shook the Super Zeo Zords off as if they were nothing. Is that the best you can do? I've had robots that can cause more damage than that scrapped for being that weak, Broodwing taunted them. He's right, Billy. We're not hurting him that much, Rocky said, looking over his shoulder at his co-pilot. That's because he's using a zord that is nearly half again the size of a conventional zord. The fact we're understaffed and the Super Zeo zords are all fractions of a greater being, and we're presently incapable of exploiting all five of the Super Zeo zords at this moment, are why we're not damaging him, Billy said as he applied some cooling to the muscles. So what do we do to this guy? Tanya asked the first Blue Ranger. The energy blast from your chest plates might stagger him, Billy suggested, a little unsure of what it would take to stop the giant zord. Right now I'm willing to try anything, Zack said, as he and Adam turned their zord to confront Broodwing. 
All together, guys, we're only going to get one shot at this before he decides to shoot back at us. The former rangers swallowed nervously. The entire front of the command zord was made up of energy cannons. And while Kruger may have never used the power of the cannons at their full destructive power, Broodwing would not be held back by anyone. Let's do it. Super Zeozords aim and fire, Zack commanded the others. Right. Four colored beams of light flew from the assembled zords and struck out at the command base. Impressive, Broodwing said as the large zords' power faltered for a moment under the assault. But nowhere near impressive enough. Let me show you what real power is, shall I, rangers? He said before he activated the leg and chest cannon, sending the Super Zeozords falling to the ground. Report. Super Zeozords are offline, Billy told them. We're sunk, guys. Communications is one of the only things left working. So that's it? Not quite, a new voice said as the SWAT Megazord came flying at the command base. They all watched as the SWAT Megazord sent a small vehicle flying over the command base before it began blasting at the giant sword. Good luck, the former rangers all thought. Jason dropped to the ground that the giant robot dog had made landing outside of his cell that was holding Tommy, Manx, and Boom. Since the dog had handled the robots, Jason shut the force field down. You guys alright? What kept you? Dr. Oliver asked him. Had a killing headache that I had to deal with, Jason said, shrugging Tommy's impatience off, having gotten used to it over the years. Besides, this is hardly the worst prison I've helped save you from. As I recall, Rita's Dark Dimension was a lot worse than this place with its electric bars and stuff. And according to Kira, Mezagog had a pretty nasty prison set up on his island as well, Jason pointed out to his friend who merely grunted in acknowledgement. Cat ignored the two and quickly killed the power to the command base Megazord. Come on, we need to get out of here. Broodwing will be back soon now that the command base has just had its power cut, and I don't think he's going to be too happy when he gets here. Besides, Jack's on the way. He'll deal with them. But the others might need to help with his generals. The two nodded in agreement. Let's go, Tommy said to Jason. This is Landor's fight. Yeah, besides, I'd probably kill him before I would arrest him. Jason said with a shrug as they hurried out of the room. The group watched from a security monitor as the rangers defeated Broodwing and his generals. They lost the transmission, though, as they went in search of Kruger. I don't like this man, Jason said irritably, pacing the hallway as cadets sidestepped him as they tried to put some order in the command base. Something is going on, and we're stuck waiting for the other shoe to drop. We just have to be patient, Jason, Cat told her former teammate. Her arm was now in a sling, and Jason looked guiltily at the other rangers that had served with all of them, sporting some kind of cast or brace or some sort of other. After their Megazord battle, fortunately it had been enough to distract Broodwing until the SWAT Megazord could come and Cat managed to turn off the power. Jason, on the other hand, was unharmed completely, as he watched most of his older friends look at him with awe at his youth. Bad news. Grum has the rangers and is most likely getting ready to launch his second attack, Cat said to the assembled group of the first generation of Power Rangers. Then we need to prepare for the attack, Rocky said. We can at least give you that much of a chance. Right, just know that we will stand here and support you in your choice to fight Grum and his army. 
Well, that's nice to know, Cat said with relief and knowing that the power from a dozen rangers would be supporting them. It'll give us some extra power to use while we're fighting. It won't be enough, Tommy said as he looked at the projected odds against them as Crumb's troops were being teleported onto the street a few blocks away. We will stand and fight with you, but know that it won't be enough. There simply isn't the kind of resources here to battle an all-out assault like Grum is going to be doing. Maybe maybe when we were younger we could have beaten back that kind of an attack, but now I'm not so sure what we can do, other than fight for our planet, that is. We'll figure something out, Jason said confidently, but you need to get your people here and let them know what it is they're facing. They have a right to know what it is that they'll be going up against and have a choice whether or not they want to. Cat nodded in agreement with the man that they had been hunting a few days ago. The former protectors of Earth watched silently as Cat and Boom managed to convince various people at the base to join in the fight. I'm staying, Boom said to the crowded room. You won't be alone, Boom, Tommy said as he and the others stepped out of the shadows. There were cheers as the people realized that they were going to fight. The rangers all watched. They had yet to morph, still deciding where they would best be able to use their powers. I still say you guys should hold back and help the cadets while Omega Ranger and I do the up-and-close personal fighting. Jason argued with his former teammates. You can't keep up like you used to, and this way you can actually hurt more of them before they try and overwhelm us. Got any idea where we can get some of what you've been drinking then? Tommy snapped at his fellow Red Ranger. You wouldn't want my life, Tommy, Jason said with a seriousness that left little doubt that Jason was speaking the truth. I agree with Jason, Cat said, meeting the stare of the veteran ranger with a knowing nod. The fight will require us all to get in the mix of things, but if you're taken out early on, then the cadets lose some of the little courage they do have. Fine, but I don't like it, Tommy said in annoyance. The rangers morphed again, and the morphing and Zeo rangers stood at the ready for the upcoming battle. Blade blasters and Zeo pistols were drawn and ready. Looks like we may be getting some backup in a little bit, Adam noted as he watched the SWAT zords launch from the base. Good, we could use all of the help we can get. Right, Tommy? Cat said. Yeah, I just hope that they can get here soon enough, Red Zeo Ranger V said. Red Zero Ranger 5 said, as he leaned against a car tiredly. He was still hurting from having been thrown around that blast door earlier. The assembled rangers were silent as Cat and the SPD cadets joined them. They were almost surprised, though, when the horde of machines came at them. Jason and the Omega Ranger then charged at the machines while everyone else opened fire on the machines. Jason drew his sword and began slicing through the robots with reckless abandon, ignoring all of the others as he fought. Sword of power, he called out, and from the sea, the sword that had been used to kill Goldar and Elgar popped out, and Jason deftly caught it. A group of blue heads fired at the Red Ranger, but the Ranger merely crossed his blades and the beams were deflected back at the blue heads, destroying them. Jason then continued onward, destroying as many of the robots as he could. I have an idea, Aisha told the other Morphin Rangers. What? Billy, does the metallic armor still work? The Yellow Ranger asked her teammate. The Blue Ranger paused as he thought about this. 
the others taking shots at Crybots as he figured out the chances of the metallic armor still working. Possibly. I give it five minutes, though, before it ceases to be operable. Billy, my main brain, that is more than enough time to bring the hurting in on those walking bags of bolts, Zack said, patting his friend on the shoulder. Then what are we waiting for? It'll give us a chance if there are more than one or two rangers fighting, Kimberly said with a grin. The others nodded, and the four older rangers called out, Metallic armor! A lightning bolt struck them, and then they stood there before the enemy army, their costumes reflecting the sun. Let's go, Aisha said, charging at the crybots. The others nodded and streaked toward the army. Jason and Tommy chuckled, berating themselves for not having thought of that answer themselves. Catch you on the flip side, Kimberly said as she flipped a couple of crybots over her hips. The Zack man is back in the house, Zack called out as he slammed a pair of crybots away from Cat and Boom. A group of crybots blasted an Omega Ranger, and while he was down, a wormhole appeared in front of him. A minute later, a new ranger had come out of the wormhole. Force from the future, Nova Ranger. Yet another ranger called out before she blasted into the crybots with a wrist-mounted cannon of some type that seemed to make her hand glow with a blue and silver light. All of the various former rangers were now fighting with the crybots as hard as they could. The rangers all looked up, though, as possibly the biggest machine any of them had seen since Serpentera dropped out of the sky with a large crash. Everyone turned to look at the black thing that towered above them all. The various rangers tried to clutch their ears through their helmets as the staff that Omni slammed down began emitting some kind of sound that incapacitated just about everyone for a moment before they began fighting again. Billy, you can't and Boom need to get into base of operations and find a weakness in that thing, Tommy ordered his friend. Negative, I'm staying here. Billy, not now, Jason said as he came alongside them with his blade blaster ready and shot two blue heads that were coming at them. Do what Tommy said now, we'll talk about it later. Billy nodded reluctantly before following after the head technician and her protege. The two men waited until the scientist was gone before nodding to each other and splitting up. They also watched as a handful of laser blasts from the Swamp Megazord struck Omni, but didn't seem to have any effect on the Colossus. The two were about to rejoin the fray when a half-dozen SPD leaders joined the fight. If we're going to be calling in for help, we might as well go all the way. Kira, I need you to send the squadron now. Mac, get the others online. We're going to need all the help we can get. Right, two voices said, and Tommy looked in shock as six new fighters joined them. He watched in disbelief as the Turbo Robot Rangers and the Red Operation Overdrive Ranger were teleported in and began fighting the various crybots that were all over. Well, that's one problem taken care, Jason said as he watched the crybots were now on the losing end of the fight. Yeah, we just have one other problem to worry about now, Tommy said as he turned to look back at Omni. You got any ideas on how to save them? He asked as he watched as the SWAT Megazord was caught in a tentacle grasp. Just a couple, bro, Jason said, pointing into the sky. Tommy followed his hand and saw a group of Zords flying their way. In the lead was the yellow dino Thunder Zord. Following it in tight formation was the white Falcon Zord, the red Hawk Zord, the Sonic Streaker, pink Crane Zord, and the Mega Winger. 
The squadron of Zords then charged at Omni and began to make strafing runs on Omni, which for the most part bounced off of the giant machine's thick hide. Any other bright ideas? Tommy asked him, because that's not enough. One more, actually, Jason said as he leaped on top of a building. I need Thunderzord power now. Tyrannosaurus Red Dragon Thunderzord power! Tommy didn't tell his friend that his old sword was gone, and was glad he didn't as he saw a familiar red dragon flying toward them. All right, Jason said, obviously not surprised that the Zord had answered his summons. Billy, Tommy said into his communicator. Yes, Tommy? What were you thinking supplying Jason with a Zord? I gave him that Zord a long time ago, Billy said. It was right after his stint as an evil ranger. Evil ranger? Yes, Jason was Mystic Force version of you before he got on his bike and got out of there. We'll talk about this later, Tommy said as he watched the Red Zord switch to its warrior mode. Jason then flew up into the air and with his spinning staff sliced right through the tentacles that Omni had been holding the SWAT Megazord with. The SWAT Megazord then blocked a number of energy blasts aimed at it and began firing from above. We need Dragonzord power now the Red Morphin Ranger said as he landed and began to play on the Dragon Dagger. Tommy watched with fear and happiness as his old friend once more rose from the ocean. You're not doing this alone, Chase. Red Battlezord now, Tommy cried. He swallowed nervously as he leapt into his old Zord. I hope I can still do this, he muttered, as he had his Red Battlezord stand alongside the two Dragon Zords. You ready, Tommy? Like I have a choice? Tommy asked his old friend. The three Zords moved in with the Dragon Zord firing salvo after salvo of missiles, while the other two Zords moved in to try and get closer to their target. The squadron of aerial Zords was working alongside Dragon Zord, but they had yet to penetrate the armor. The two Red Zords were busy punching at the armored legs, but Omni only had to shake its legs to get them off. Omni couldn't concentrate on any one Zord with the numbers that were now being used against them. Rangers pull back. We have a plan. Jack's voice echoed through the intercoms. When it works, we should blow Omni apart. Right, we'll pull back, Jason said as he and Tommy pulled their Zords back. They then watched as the SWAT Megazord fired a single shot from each of its guns that blew through the body somehow, and struck the core, blowing Omni up. The two Red Rangers and the Yellow Dino Thunder Ranger joined the B-Squad Rangers on the ground as they half-heartedly searched for their teacher. The older Rangers could only watch an understanding, having gone through this themselves, when they heard that Zordon had died. The Rangers even smiled when Kruger reappeared after his apparent death. When Grum showed up, though, Jason had to block the way toward the alien dictator with his sword of power. Come on, guys, you know how these feuds go. You also know that we can't interfere. The former rangers growled in annoyance, but on seeing that none of the B-Squad rangers were going to help out, they subjected themselves to just watching as Grum was finally defeated before any celebration could be acted upon, though, a new voice echoed throughout the city. Jason! Jason Lee, Scott, I challenge you. Jason turned and groaned as he saw the figure that was approaching them. He was dressed in tight-fitting jeans and a t-shirt and a traveling cloak with a deep hood. 
Adrian, Jason said as he turned to face the figure that was facing him with a deadly looking sword in one of his hands. Adrian Jacobs, I wondered when I was going to be seeing you again. Friend of yours, Jace? Tommy asked curiously. More like someone in the same business that I got forced into. The only difference is that he actually likes doing what it is that we have to do to survive, Jason said as he pulled out his morpher and tossed it toward Kira, who caught it in a well-practiced move. I'm going to want that back, he said as he picked up his sword and went to face the figure in front of them all. This isn't the time or the place to discuss our problems, Adrian. Why don't you go back the way you came, he asked the figure. You think that you're protected here, Ranger? The figure asked with a sneer. I have been chasing you for the past five years, and you think that because you're supported by your kind that you will walk away from this fight? Let me show you what is really happening, Ranger. The man lunged, and Jason brought his sword up and blocked the attack. Kruger, get everyone out of here, Jason ordered as he ducked a couple more swings. He blocked another shot and then performed a sidekick that knocked Adrian back. Allow us to help, Kruger said. We can't do that, doggy. Cat said as she watched the two men fight. They are a special breed of human that have to fight each other. It's a magical law. I heard about them. Never thought I'd see them, though. Trust me, doggy, this is a fight we can't win. All we can do is stand here and watch. But Cat, they could be killed. There's nothing we can do about it, though, Billy said as he and Kira and Adam were blocking the older rangers from interfering in the duel. They watched as lightning seemed to spark from the two blades. Tommy's eyes darted to the sword that Kira was wearing under her own jacket. Like Jason's sword, it was patterned after her ranger sword. He wondered how someone like Kira would go for the sort of things that he knew Jason did. Jason spun again and thrust his blade into the leg of his opponent, who skipped back a few steps, and they all watched as the leg healed. You know, this would have been so much easier if you had just been placed in one of those confinement cards like you were supposed to be and Tommy knew fear for the first time for Jason, and an understanding about how Jason wouldn't survive imprisonment came to him. If this guy had waited for Jason to be put into a confinement card, he would have been killed in a matter of days. Sorry to disappoint you. I guess you'll just have to live with me annoying the heck out of you a few minutes longer. Jason jibed as he locked blades with Adrian. That won't be a problem for me, but I must ask, why did you run from me? Jason shrugged. I don't like having to kill and have no real interest in the game that some magical law demands I play, but I'll do what I have to survive. So be it then. Now you die. No, Tommy cried out as he frantically tried to go and help his friend, his brother. The man lunged and Jason was thrown back and tripped. The man smiled as he looked over the fallen ranger. Goodbye, ranger. There can only be one, the swordsman said, raising his sword up for a final strike. Goodbye, Jason said, and as the sword came down, he deflected the blade with his sword and kicked out, catching the man in the stomach, and then twisted his body around, kicking him in the face. Moving quickly, he spun around one last time and cut the head off of the person that had challenged him. He actually did it, Kimberly said in shock. Tommy didn't say anything, but let out a relieved sigh that his friend was still alive. Was this what Jason had been hiding from them all these years? 
Stay back, Kira said, holding her hand up to stop them from checking on their friend. Tommy looked at his old student and frowned, wondering why his student didn't look anything like what her pictures did. And she actually looked younger, like she was only a few years out of high school. His examination was cut short, though, as he watched Jason absorb some kind of energy that was like lightning. As the lightning bolts finally stopped, Kira turned her back on the older rangers and ran toward Jason. Tommy watched as the two exchanged a kiss, and he reassured her with his whispered words. The two then climbed to their feet, and Jason looked at the veteran rangers and B-Squad team that had remained standing while the other various cadets had fallen behind derbies at the display of power. I believe that can be ruled as self-defense, Kruger said as he stared at the body. And since it was a duel, there is nothing that we can do about it. Is that understood? He barked the last part out. Sir, yes, sir, all of the cadets cried, and the SPD command personnel nodded in agreement with the decision. Now then, let's retire to some place and you can tell us the entire story. Jason and Kira nodded as they walked into a small restaurant and sat down before Jason started the story. We're immortals, Commander. The only way to kill us is to cut our heads off. There is a game that is a lot like the survival of the fittest, and that lightning storm was our power, you might say. I see. I don't like it, but if the only times you've killed have been in these duels, then my hands are tied and there's nothing that I can do about it. We will leave and give you some time to reacquaint yourself with each other. Cadets, let's go. The B-Squad nodded, and a relieved Jack gave his teacher a complicated handshake before he walked out. Kimberly looked at the two immortal rangers before she got up. I'm sorry, Jason, but I can't do this. You kill human beings. I don't think I can understand that. Jason winced at this as if someone had stabbed him. Kimberly had been like a sister to him when they were growing up, and now she was turning her back on him and what he had been forced to become. Sorry, man, I'm with her, Rocky said as he got up and followed Kimberly. Tanya, Aisha, and Kat followed after the other two with sickened looks. Jason merely waited till they were gone. Don't worry about it, man, we're still here, Zack said as he clapped his friend on the shoulder. Affirmative, Billy said, nodding. Yeah, Adam said and gave Kira a brief one-arm hug. So, are the two of you seeing each other again? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I always thought you'd date Connor or Trent, Tommy said with a grin as he remembered the Dino Rangers. Life happened, Dr. O, Kira said, shrugging a bit with a pain frown on her face. Tommy turned to look at Jason. Bro, I'm sorry. All of those times I was tracking you, I was making your life more difficult. It's all right, man, Jason said, waving the apology off. I couldn't tell you, and you were confused about it all. You never did like not knowing what was going on. Loved to have your own little secrets, but hated having it done to you. Now you understand why I tried to distance myself for a while from the whole ranger thing, though. Yeah, it must have been hard, Tommy said, as he finally understood what it was that his best friend had been living through. He was just glad that Kira was with him to keep him grounded. They all then spent the time talking about what they had spent the last few years doing. We'll try and keep in touch, Jason said finally. But for now, the two of us need to get Mac and the Turbo Rangers out of here. Tommy nodded, and they all shook hands and exchanged hugs before the two Rangers left.
Jason stopped outside the city limits of New Tech. He sighed a bit as he looked behind him in remembrance before he kicked his motorcycle into gear and rode off. Tommy watched from his camera as his friend left before he walked away from the screens. A smile on his face. He had his bro back and the world was safe with Jason there to protect it.